listening to The Fret Files, the Guitar Workshop Podcast with Eric Daw. Send in your question or comment. To participate in the show, you can text or call 757-774-8482. Or to email the show, you can go to my website, ericdaw.com. That's E-R-I-C-D-A-W.com. Click the contact link and send your question or comment there. We'll use it as part of the show. Welcome to the show. It's the Fret Files podcast. All of the uh, guitar tech info that you could possibly want and more. It's all it's all guitar science around here. Guitar repair, guitar building, guitar parts, guitar uh, smashing. We don't do a lot Whoa. of that. But guitar fixing, you know. The only thing we don't really talk about is guitar playing. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Hmm. There's enough of that in the world that people talk about i don't know why would talking about guitar playing is is like dancing about architecture that's right thank you thank you uh although i did do some guitar playing last weekend we played a gig we sure did i played the whole thing nat plays drums currently although we're trying to get him back to uh second guitar or that'd be pretty fun yeah because uh with two guitars it's pretty good it is fun playing rhythm guitar parts and it's fun. Yeah, and you're good at it. Well, thanks. But you're I, but you're such a good drummer that we're like having a it. hard time replacing you there. I know. I'm a I'm a control freak. I gotta play all the parts, like John Fogarty. But it's kind of it's kind of nice having a three piece though. You it know? works. Yeah, it's clean and light, and off we go. See if there were just two of you, then we could have you on drums and guitar. Yeah, we tried and that then, once, and then uh, twice. Our buddy. Matt plays the uh, plays yep. the bass. He can fill in the rest. Man, he's good too. Yep, he's real good. Anyhow, what's new around here? Oh, uh, well, let's see. Uh, today's co-host is yeah, Matt. Hi, I will read the listeners' submitted questions, and Eric will try to answer them the best he can, drawing on his experience as a professional luthier. Mm-hmm. What's on your bench lately, Eric? Uh, you know what I've been working on lately is uh wiring problems Ooh, yeah you know how things come in waves yeah but or threes or whatever's passels uh, i've been working a lot on people's wiring problems with humbuckers that have four conductor wire okay and is it that people get halfway through the project and say oh, yeah no, what have i done yeah oh. and then they bring it to me uh it, it's tricky because there's different uh, manufacturers, right, of pickups, and mm-hmm. they all have kind of different. Um, they all have different. So they use the same wire. You've got black, white, red, and green. Okay. And they almost all use this same four conductor wire, but all the different manufacturers uh, use the four wires yeah. for different things. So depending on the manufacturer, 
the, a different color will be hot oh, no. and a diff- another color will be ground. And then... Um, Come on, people. Yeah, it's so... But there is a chart online. Seymour Duncan has a really good chart of... Here's the major manufacturers, and here are their color codes for four-conductor uh, humbuckers. Heavens. Yeah, so if you search for that... that so, I've got one printed out and just hung up in my shop because I look at it enough. And you couldn't just measure, right, because it's just a coil. It's just resistance. You, you can... There are ways to kind of um, troubleshoot, like with an ohm meter, you can at least... If you've got four conductors on a humbucker, you can take an ohm meter and establish which two wires are a single coil. Yeah, okay. So you've got, okay, here's the red and white are a coil and the black and green are a coil. Now you've got less of a, you know, less of a guessing game. Okay, yeah. Right? So, there, yeah, there are ways to kind of troubleshoot it, but if you've got a chart, boy, it sure, that's sure a good shortcut. Yeah, a schematic, you might say. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. It's like a layout, whatever. But uh, that's a lot of what I've been working on lately. Also, some... What else? Oh, you barely had that custom cowboy wallpaper guitar long enough to... Oh, yeah. Even have it around. I know. That turned out really nice. Yeah, that would be I cool really if liked it kicked it. around for a while. The thought behind that guitar, if, if, you, if you haven't seen this guitar, I, I custom made a guitar with cowboy vintage cowboy wallpaper yeah. on it like 50s you know kitschy i know uh, and cowboy wallpaper and every time i I'd, I'd ask you'd have to explain no seriously it's wallpaper when i'd say <laughs> oh yeah you, like you oh is that a stencil this? or yeah. did you stencil it or did you paint it or did you it, use have, an opaque projector yeah. no and for the 18th it's time literally wallpaper yeah glued to the guitar and then painted over but the idea behind that guitar, because I had that wallpaper, and it reminded me so much of the house that my dad grew up in, in Osgood, which is a little farming community outside of town. I'm well aware. And in the back bedroom, there was this... Uh, did we already do this story on the podcast? No, I don't nah. think so. In the back bedroom, there was cowboy wallpaper. Well, of course there was. Yeah. Probably cowboy sheets. And, and it reminded me so much of that house, this this little scrap of wallpaper I had. And I think I picked it up on eBay or something. I don't know. I look for oddball things you on the say. internet. <clears throat> huh. But uh, I kind of wanted to make a guitar that was like a tribute to that house. I wanted a I wanted to make a guitar that gave me the same vibe that that house gave me because I lived in that house for a while. It ain't around anymore, is it? And now it's, yeah, they bulldozed it in the early 2000s, I think. Dang. I was the last person to live in it. Yeah. And they bulldozed it. Yeah. Anyway, what are we doing here? Well, I like a guitar that. podcast. I like that era. I like that, uh, um, the. What do you call that? The origin story of that guitar? I like that. It turned thing. out it turned out neat. If you haven't seen it, you can check out my Instagram has a picture of it there. It's just at Eric Dahl Custom Guitars. It turned out pretty cool. Yeah, it's way cool. Yeah, I liked it. We've got a bunch of questions. No calls though. Hmm. So uh one of the people who wrote in a question I was texting with today, and I said, Hey, Instead of us reading your question, can we just call you? 
and uh, I don't know. Okay. We're gonna see if we're gonna see if oh, we can just heavens. get him on the phone here. Live? Yeah, just we're just oh, gonna no. call him. I don't know All if right. this will work or I'll not. Cross my fingers. I don't think we've ever done this on the show. Joe's Pizza. Yeah, it is not Joe's Pizza. Jeff, how are you doing? How you doing, boss? I'm doing all right, man. Well, I I was just telling Nat here we, you know, I was I was looking at this question you sent in, and I thought, you know, I I was texting you, and I thought, ah, hey, let's just call him. Sure. By the way, how's it going, Nat? Hey, going really good. Nice Thanks. To meet you. Hey, nice to be met. Appreciate it. Thanks for your question. Yeah. Jeff, sure, are you sure. you're in uh, Pennsylvania? Yeah, down in Windsor. It's just a Oh, let's just say if I bought a horse, it'd be a one-horse town. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I need to write that down. That's a good one. <laughs> and you do uh, you do guitar repair there, and you build custom guitars, right? Yeah, yeah. Coming in your vein, just on a smaller scale. Just a little less known. Um, tell me about the, what it, you, you were doing a repair on a Gibson 335? Yeah, yeah. It was one of those ones that kind of, you know... Uh, Anyway, the guy, the guy brings me a guitar that he had, uh, I guess he bought this guitar, found out that the F-hole was not shaped just like he wanted it to be. What? Some, some unnoticeable place. Whoa. Yeah, like, like at the point. It was It was really, I should have been left alone. Yeah. Uh, to be honest. But he decided to try to fill this little this little area with C.A. group. And uh, ended up spilling C.A. group all over the top of this. This brand new, you know, VOS finish Gibson. I guess it's a custom shop. Uh, so I was told. That's kind of an expensive. Anyway, it's kind of an expensive Gibson then, if it's a it is, custom it is, shop yeah. VOS. And he spilled. Uh, he spilled super glue all over the the finish by the yeah. F hole, right? Because he saw that yeah. the F hole was not quite right. Hmm. Right, right. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, you'd have to see it. I mean, I could send you a picture to show you exactly what what he was trying to fix, but. It was something you'd well enough to leave alone. So anyway, so he decided the next best thing was let's grab some goof off or goo on her, you know, some kind of solvent based, you know, mm-hmm. fixer. And he made it worse. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. So so he made it worse. Did it take off a bunch of lacquer with it? It did and it had you know, it was like lacquer missing here and and, uh, you know, CA glue, milky, and, oh, man. you know, on one spot. Yeah, it was, it was a mess. But anyway, it was one of those finish repairs that you get done messing with and you say, man, like, you always say you could do it better, but you just, you gotta, is this worth this guy's time to keep putting money into this or, you know. What color was the guitar? It was a natural, like a, like a tinted oh. amber. Yeah, like a honey colored. Yeah, yeah, and you'd think you would just, I was kind of using the, uh, you know, the, the color of the binding. You could, you know, you'd figure it was white and they tinted the lacquer, so what the, the lacquer tint would be, you know. Oh, to see the, the kind of, of the, the shade or the hue of the lacquer, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's pretty smart. Right, right. Yeah, you've, I've done plenty of these, these kind of things in the past. Yeah. But, and that's why I asked you, I was saying, what, what did they do? Did they, were they doing, uh, like a tinted, grain filler or you know no mm. matter what you did you couldn't get it to match just just right it would look really good when it was wet and then it would dry and it was, you mm. know it was completely noticeable 
Yeah. And finish touch up, you know, guys spend their whole lives doing finish touch up. Oh, I know. It's, so. yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard. Uh, did it, did the area you were touching up, did it end up looking darker than the rest of the finish? Well, I, I did it a few times. Yeah. I went back mm. one time. It would be darker. So I, obviously it makes it lighter lacquer, you know, yeah. do it again. It'd be lighter. It was just, oh, it was yeah. just never ending. And you could see through the lacquer, you know? Yeah. And down to the bare wood. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I was wanting. And I did end up talking to a guy at Gibson. And yeah. he told me that they were using some kind of, they, they'd actually stain the wood, sand it back, you know, oh. to accentuate the, the grain. Yeah. Plain. And, you know, and by that point, I didn't want to take the guy's money and, you know, run them in circles. A lot of those, they use kind of like an, like a off white, like a pudding colored, uh, pore filler. Oh, a tinted pore filler? Yeah. Huh. Is it, did it look like that? Oh, did it look like that to me? No, I, I have no idea. Yeah. It was just bare wood when I got it, you know? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. To scrape it all off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it can be tricky. Man, when you're dealing with, once you get down to bare, uh, wood, <clears throat> it can be so hard to, um, touch things up because especially if you're using CA glue a lot of times like uh like for example mahogany it will it will wick up the CA glue where the the finish is just sitting on top of the wood but you'll get this saturation effect where the wood will soak up the glue and you'll end up with just a darker spot and there's no. it, it's so hard that's yeah Clear, right, right. Clear finishes and amber-colored finishes like that, man, that can be really tricky to try to make that look right, especially right out there in the middle oh, of the absolutely. guitar. Yeah. You know, and that's why I thought that was one of those questions. That's what made me think about asking you this question. It was, it was more of a you know philosophical. At which point do you feel it's you know better to just call it and let the guy not spend any more money because you can't charge. I'm sure you know. You put four hours into a guitar, and you're going to charge the guy an hour for it. Yeah, I oh, know. Yeah. And then, so that's what I mean. I was just wondering what your thoughts were that uh, on that. When do you call it? You know, oh, when do you man. decide, hey, good enough's good enough. You don't know if this guy's a pro musician or if yeah. this guy's, you know, basement picker, you know. Yeah, I guess the tough thing is it comes to an unsatisfying conclusion, right? I mean, that's the premise of this. Sometimes. Well, and it's hard to know when to call it, especially... Right. Uh, well, that was my, that was my, that's what made me think. I said, I should, you know, write into Eric and say, hey, you know, it's been a while. What do you think about this? Yeah, it's a good question. I guess really, I guess my honest answer is that it, um, it just is like a case by case thing, man. It really depends on the repair and it depends on, it depends on your patience. Probably the person. <laughs> and it depends on the customer. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it can be tricky, man. It can be so tricky to yeah. finish touch up. You know, you, you get, uh, lucky sometimes <laughs> when you're dealing with like a black finish or something. Oh, yeah. That can yeah, be so much easier. <laughs> that can be so much yep. easier. But, uh, trying to match different colors and trying to make it look like it just never was there, man, it's almost. Well, Man, you kind of it's, have to go it's into, hard. You know, telling the customer that you know you, they have to expect that you, you're always yeah. going to see a touch up. You know, unless you're, you know, like I said, spending your life doing color matching or 
you know. Yeah. That's your whole deal. As far as I'm concerned, that's my outlook. I mean, that's a great plan. So let the guy know. Yeah. Out in front. Hey, this is going to probably be visible. Yeah. You under promise and, yeah. and try to over deliver. Over deliver. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a philosophical thing. Where do you, where do you call it? And, uh, that's I what I mean. You want to be fair. You, you got to be fair. Yeah. You, give the, you know, they took their time to come to you and, Right. But a lot of, I think a lot of times people don't realize that repairmen are human. You know, a lot of times you you got to make it look uglier before it's going to look <laughs> before better. Before it looks you know? better, yeah. If they <laughs> saw the stuff you did to their guitars, you know, in repair, I mean, neck resets, anything like that, yeah. they'd oh, probably boy. cry. Oh, oh yes. I know. It can be it can be tough, man. It, we were just talking. Je- Jeff and I were just talking earlier. He sent me a video of a guy doing a Yamaha neck reset on YouTube. Yeah. And... Oh, yeah. He go. It's this big long video of him trying to take the neck off of a Yamaha acoustic guitar, you know, live as it's unfolding. And you get to the end of the video, and he realizes that it's got a big dowel through, and it's not a it's not a traditional dovetail joint. And he's like, "Oh crap, this didn't go well." <laughs> and he gets it out. He yeah. gets the neck out in two pieces. The well, he only gets the the front of the neck out. The the heel stayed yeah, in the guitar. Oh. Yeah, it's like a laminated neck. Yeah. Or, yeah, two piece neck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I did not. It's funny, I and mean, you've made points to say, you know, to talk about those in the past. You, you know, you you admittedly yourself weren't familiar with how they work because you kind of steer away from. Them. I do. So when I saw that video, I thought, man, this is going to be educational to say the least. Because you know, with you steering away from them, obviously I steer away from them. <laughs> you know, taking good advice where it's given. Well, and if somebody has done enough of those to know what to expect, then that would be one thing. But man, I just and and from what I've read, they can be it can be a mixed bag. You might get one that's a tradi- traditional dovetail, and you might get one that's doweled on, and you got you might get one that's epoxy and Epoxied on, yeah, and, and a tenon. You know, Whoa. yeah. So they can be all over the map. Yeah. Hey, is, by the way, am I coming through okay? I didn't, I didn't bother sound checking. Sounds great. Guys. No, it's great. Oh, we yeah. just, we don't sound okay. check. Sure. We just go. Well, I don't know. I'm in a basement <laughs> right now, so I didn't know if it's lagging or doing any kind of funny stuff. No, we, we just push a button and Especially go. out here. Okay, gotcha, man. Gotcha. We're going to move on. Thank you so much, Jeff. Hey, man. It was great talking to you guys, and I uh, definitely enjoyed it. Yep. Yeah, buddy. I'll talk to you soon, man. Appreciate it. Hey, you guys be safe. You too. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's my buddy, my buddy Jeff. Hey, that was a that loud t- noise. I don't like that. Well, but before that, I think that totally worked. That was a great sound check. That's my buddy Jeff Metz Jr. out there in uh, in uh, Philadelphia. Windsor, wait, PA. Wait, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Is that right? Windsor? Yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah. All right. Let's take a little break, and we'll come back with some questions. This episode of the Fret Files Podcast is brought to you by Apex Coffee Roasters. Imagine always having fresh roasted coffee in your home. Now, imagine you didn't even have to leave the house for it. A subscription with Apex Coffee Roasters makes all of this possible. You choose the plan that best suits your needs, and they handle the rest. Their roaster will select a coffee option just for you and send it your way. Discounts are applied if you get a six-month or a year-long subscription. And shipping included if you're in the USA. Great coffee every morning. Just got a little bit easier. That's apexcoffeeroasters.com. And if you go there and use my promo code, you get an additional 10% off. That's pinup, P-I-N-U-P. That's at Apex Coffee Roasters. 
www.thepodcastnetwork.com. We've talked a lot about neck straightening irons on the show, and people write to me and they say, Eric, where can I get one? Well, until now, I didn't have anywhere to send people because nobody makes them anymore, except for my buddy Rick at playersgearmusic.com. You can go to Players Gear Music. You can order a neck straightening iron. Some people call it a neck press or a neck heater. It is an invaluable tool in my shop. I use it all the time. I'd be lost without one of these. I, I love having a neck straightening iron, and Rick is making a really, really stout industrial. It, I, I, think it, I think it's the best one that I've used, and I've, I've used a lot. I've used uh, the commercially available ones that they used to sell in the 70s and 80s, but they don't sell them anymore. Well, now you can get one from playersgearmusic.com they're $7.49 I know that seems like a lot it's it's a tool I tell you what it's going to pay for itself a hundred times over if you go to playersgearmusic.com scroll down on the main page scroll 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 down to where it says fan of the fret files podcast you click that that adds one to your cart and it's 50 bucks off. So instead of 749, it's 699. 699, free shipping, and it's yours. A neck straightening iron, playersgearmusic.com has them, and you need one. I'm telling you. So go to playersgearmusic.com and check it out and don't forget to tell Rick that the Fret Files podcast sent you. Hey, Eric. Hi. Recently, I've been looking at a few player-grade 60s Fender and Gibson guitars and basses that were stripped, sanded, and given an oil finish. Hmm. Are these instruments worth refinishing in nitro, or are they a lost cause? Do you have any experience spraying nitro over an oil finish, or would an instrument like that need to be sanded down again before refinishing? By the way, the 66 Jazz bass you were finished for me looks and plays perfectly. Oh, yeah. I did a I did a 66 Jazz bass for what, this guy in, finish? in Shoreline Gold. Shoreline Gold. Oh, I wonder if I saw that. Ooh, that sounds cool. You probably did. What with a white pick guard or with that? Uh, I think so. Gold anodized. You, no, something. it was white. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Thank you for the show and everything you do. Best. Randy. Thanks, Randy. Yeah, you can spray uh, lacquer over an oil finish as long as the finish is fully cured. So if the oil finish was done properly and it's really cured hard, then it can be done. You you will need to sand it just to, to prep the surface, you know, to rough it up a little uh-huh. bit so that the paint will stick. But, uh, yeah, lacquer over oil or lacquer over... Uh, you know, it, depending on what kind of oil it is, but I'm assuming like, uh, uh, tongue oil, uh, yeah, or, tongue oil or, or Danish, Danish oil. Oh, um, yeah, that that's uh that dries to a good hard finish that will work. Oh, really? Under I, lacquer, yeah. Huh. Like I, I used to use shellac, which is um I don't know if that's technically oil based, but it's this weird little resin that 
these yeah. little beetles make. That's probably the word for it. Yeah. It's a resin, probably more closely related to an oil than not, you know. Yeah. And uh, I used to use that as an undercoat on all my finishes. I don't anymore. Huh. But, yeah. Really? And then yeah. you'd put nitrocellulose lacquer over top of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have thought they're incompatible. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Yeah, it, it, it's it's just all about prep work. It just it has to it'll have to be prepped, but it can be painted over. Yeah. Well, it's good that Randy addressed that to hey. you and not me. Well, okay. Thanks, Randy. Hello, Eric. I discovered your podcast <sighs> since just a couple of months, but I'm already addicted. Hands down, my favorite with the fretboard journal ones. Oh, yeah, cool. Oh, those are neat. Anyway, I'm a jazz-degreed guitar player from Italy, and i always been into vintage instruments, mainly Fender guitars. Mm -hmm. Since a couple of years, I'm looking for a good old timeless arch top and fell in love with the Gibson ES-125. But I'm having a hard time finding information as I start to dig into it. I would like to ask you if there's any specific better year or period, in terms of wood, materials, neck shapes, or whatever, regarding the production of this guitar. Many thanks. Keep it going. Cheers from Italy. Michele, I think you say that. Hmm. Is that how you say that? Michele? I think so. You would know more than Michele. I. No, because it just have like a C-I. Michele. I think it's she. I don't know. Say it again. What is it? Michele, I think. All right. <clears throat> All the way from Italy. Yeah. The well, one in Europe. Your, your email arrived safe all the way from Italy. I don't, how does that work, man? I know. It's miraculous. We're living in the future, man. Yeah. Uh, ES-125. So that would be no cutaway. Oh. Um, single P90, probably. Oh, okay. Right? I mean, unless we're talking about a 125... Uh, TCD, which would be a thin cutaway double pickup. Whoa. Yeah, so depending on the model, it'll have a cutaway or not, and yeah, and two pickups or not. That. Yeah. ES-125. Yeah, the, the base model just has a single P90 in the neck position. Cool guitars. Very cool. I, I mean, look... I like vintage guitars. I'm 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 gonna say if I were after an ES125, I'd be looking for a uh a 50s or 60s one for sure. As old as you could yeah. afford more or less. As old as you could afford. Yeah, basically that's a good that's a good way to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but stay away from ones that have had like, you know, headstock breaks or or massive structural problems, or, you know, all the parts are swapped out, or whatever. But, uh, yeah, as old and as original as you can afford, that's what I would say. Good one. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Eric, I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to help me with my humbucker wiring. Flipping the red and the black on the one pickup was the right fix. Yeah, I think I had to, I spent some time on the phone with this guy. Got to fix flip the old red and black and in hindsight i should have figured that out funny how much clearer the past is than the future well you're telling me let's pause for reflection at that you're telling me whoa i don't know if i can go on i love the podcast as you already know 
Thank you for helping the beginners like me. I want to PayPal you some dough. Oh, don't. To support the... Well, I'm going to have to read this. This is this is not... I want to PayPal you some dough to support the show. What's your PayPal handle? That's Dean. I need a cough button for this podcast. Yeah, a big red button. I have the pause button. I had to push pause. I am just not well since having COVID three weeks ago. I think it's that darn cat. You think it's my cat? Yeah, man. Gets in the back of your throat. I had the cat before I had COVID. That's double whammy. Way before. Oh, yeah. What sensitized you to cat dander? Uh, Something. I don't know. Yeah, it roughed up your nasal pharynx, man. I was able to sing at the the show, kind of. I mean, as well as... (laughs) I don't want to... Yeah, you didn't... And you lost your voice. Yeah, you did fine. Well... I don't want to say, you know, that I I was able to sing. uh, Let's say... I was able to sing at uh, my usual. Yeah, it was uh, awesome. Yeah. It was fun. My usual inept singing. It was good. That was a good show. Uh, Anyway, Dean says, yeah, thanks. And thank you, Dean. Yeah, you guys don't need to PayPal me any money for helping you with guitars. I appreciate it. I used to have a link on the the webpage saying, you know. Saying donate? Yeah, donate. Oh, really? Support the show. Help with, with... Whatever, you know, what people say bandwidth costs or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what bandwidth is, but apparently it's expensive. I I know. And uh, grow on trees. Web hosting and all that. I know. Well, it's all ones and zeros, right? They're expensive. Yeah. Electrons. I thought they were free, but apparently not. Electrons and holes, man. So, but I took that down uh, because A, nobody used it. And B, uh, my, I have some kind of fly-by-night web security, you know, site lock and oh, yeah. site locking web, you know, like the, uh-huh. what's, yeah, what the, what's, that? The, what's the thing deal? you put on your steering wheel? The club? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the club, but for my website, like I just latch it on there. But, okay. And their algorithm said, eh, this PayPal button's got to go. Oh. It's some kind of security risk. It was a security violation, huh? Yeah, I don't know why. So I just took ah, it off. Dang it. Yeah. Well, you got to trust them. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I tell you what, if you guys want to support the show, you know, I sell pickups, I sell uh, all kinds of merch, there's stickers, there's shirts. There's the harmonica box, Dealey. Yeah, if you play harmonica, yeah. Well, Um, even if you don't. But, uh, you know, if you have a pickup that needs to be rewound, you send it to me. Mm -hmm. If you have a guitar needs to be refretted, I'm here. You got you got a shop, huh? Yeah. Thanks, Dean. Thank you. Well, that's a good one. Uh, and also interesting that you diagnosed that over the phone, right? Yeah, that's cool. Well, he was emailing me, and I think I said, "Oh, hey, uh, why don't you give me a call?" Because, or yeah. he was texting me or something, and I'm all thumbs on my little yeah potato this, phone. This ain't gonna do it, bud. Yeah. Okay, let me try another one. Hey, Eric, I just installed the bridge pickup in my telly. And I'm over the moon about it. Mm. It's all those stupid buzzwords people use to describe perfect tone and more. I like it. Works so well with this old gold foil. Oh, good. I went through about 20 bridge pickups this year alone, and I and can easily say this is my favorite. Wow. Looks awesome in my guitar, too. Thanks so much, Joel. Wow. He got a regular Tele pickup and... That's and awesome. then he's 
You think he's got a gold foil in the in the uh, bri- or yeah? I made it. I made a T style bridge pickup, and he's got a gold foil in the neck position. Oh, that's kind of a setup yeah. that you favor yourself from time. <clears throat> yeah, to time, that's what I've got you? on my on my number one on your old reliable. Yeah. Well, that's neat. Cool. Thanks, Joel. Good. I'm glad you're digging that pickup, man. Thank you. Yep, that is a that's a fun thing to do to a guitar too. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm glad that he compared a lot. Let me try one more. Eric and Nat, as always, thanks for your work educating guitar enthusiasts and luthiers. I have been building custom T-style guitars for a number of years and always learning as I go. My question is related to routing out the neck pocket, and I have always used the 5 eighths depth as my marker. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, just recently, I've been having to use... Uh, 25 degree shims. Is that 0.25 degrees? That shims. yeah, it must be. You yeah, can't have a shim that's so. Yeah. And they're set up okay. 0.25 degree shims. I think so to get my neck angle where I want them. Mm-hmm. I have not changed my router setup for the bodies and the necks, but maybe I'm missing something. Hmm. The perimeter fit is usually dead on. Good. Okay. Any tips for ensuring a good setup and a clean and level pocket? Hmm. My thanks to you both, Jim Sharp, hmm. E. James Guitars. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Uh, you know, uh, if you ask the internet, mm. the internet will tell you that five eighths is the right depth. Okay. But I, you are not the internet, do it. Uh, have found that you get a better neck angle if you go 11 sixteenths. So my, when I'm doing um, neck pockets, I go with an 11 sixteenths depth and I like my neck to be exactly one inch. Thick. At the butt end. Thick from top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Instead of five eighths, I go with eleven sixteenths, which is just a slightly bit deeper. Yeah, it's just but, one more. Um, but just that small difference over the length of the scale, right? Um, it just seems like it. Your saddles sit a little lower, and it's just kind of right where it's just just right. It just seems just right. So huh. I go with eleven sixteenths and uh, one inch. Um, neck. Yeah. Okay. That's what I do. Like Your mileage it. may vary. I don't know, but that's what I do. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Thanks, and, Jim. And so, and that way, you don't have to use any shims or anything, and you y- just like yeah, it. typically not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Hi, Eric. Hope you and your family are thriving. I have a, re- I have a replacement tuner's question. I got a hold of a cheap but kind of wonderful Squire Mini Strat the other day. Oh, a Mini. Those are oh, fun. Oh yeah, I had one for the daughter. It was red sparkle. Uh, it is a very fun little travel guitar. Mm-hmm. I'm going to replace the tuners with locking tuners. Do you know what kind of replacement tuners I should order? Hmm. Don't want to have to redrill the headstock. Thought you might know a good tuner set to order. Thanks, Claudia. Oh, that's my buddy, Claudia. She's in, uh, I think she's in Jackson. Jackson, Wyoming? Yeah. Just across the way, huh? She's cool, man. She was... Uh, she used to fly airplanes in and out of uh, Alaska. 
bush pilot kind yeah. of thing. Wow. Claudia, I would... I'm going to assume that the reason you're asking this question is because you're having tuning problems. Mm, yeah, locking tuners, huh? Because she wants to install locking tuners on this mini strat. I'm going to guess the reason you want to do that is because you're having tuning problems. Now, with that being established, if I'm correct, <laughs> if I'm correct, that's a big established. No, I mean, it's moving on. It's, it's a pretty reasonable assumption. Yeah. I would say don't. I would say your problem is likely not the tuners. Um, many strats, they have a small scale length. Yeah. And they can really be fraught with, with tuning problems. Oh, no. Um, <clears throat> I've seen uh, uh, plenty of them where people, um, will, they'll just put, you know, nines or tens or whatever on there, and you kind of need a heavier string. Oh, on a mini strat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would suggest at least 11s, maybe even 12s, depending on the scale length, but heavier strings because they're, um, because the string is so much shorter. And lower tension. Yeah. Yeah. And so you need a heavier string to, to so pick up the slack feel with the about tension. The same. Yeah. Okay. Um, and once you do that, then the nut slots are going to need to be dialed in, right? Because no. that, that no. is a big part of tuning instability is nut yep. slots. So really what I'm saying is your guitar probably just needs to be set up. Set up with slightly heavier strings and then you probably won't have to these tuning problems. There you go. That's my suggestion. I've I've almost almost never seen a guitar with tuning problems where, where <clears throat> the problem was actually caused by the tuner. Yep. Even like the crummiest old skate key Dan Electro tuners will, you know, they'll hold a tune. I mean, those machines, even if it's like a 12 to one gear ratio and a, and a, a loose capstan, mm -hmm. you know, once you get it up to tension, even if there's a little bit of play in it, once you get it up to tension, eh, it's not going to slip by itself. Okay. You know? So, uh, I would, I would guess that you don't need locking tuners on, on there. I would guess that you just need heavier strings in the setup. Now, if I'm wrong, and you just love locking tuners... Yeah, as a matter of course, or... Then by all means, yeah, get whatever locking tuners you prefer. Uh, there are a myriad, a plethora, yeah, a shall I say, yeah, to choose from. Um... And depending on, I don't know what kind of tuners you've got on there, so I don't know what to recommend. If they're like Cluson style or if they're, you know, mini Grovers or something. So depending on what you've got, then we can make a recommendation for what to what to put on there. But my guess is you're not going to, because I think you've just got other problems on the guitar. That does it for the show. How about that? Just like that. I know. We wrapped it up, man. There were no yeah. call. We had to force a call. We Dang. actually had to call somebody. Yeah, call a guy. We had, we had to call a guy. Yeah. That's that's that's, that's how bad the so, show's gotten. Hey, let that be a warning to all those listeners out there. Mm -hmm. We might call you if you don't we call might, us. We might. We might. Uh, if you want to participate in the show, you can call and leave a voicemail at 757 774 
888-888-8482. You can call or text that number. The other way to do it is to email, and you can do that by going to my website, ericdaw.com. That's E-R-I-C-D-A-W.com. And click the contact link and submit your question there. We'll use it as part of the show. I know I keep teasing my uh, schematic book. I swear to you it's coming. I'm, I, I know that I've been promising that it's coming for a while now, but it really, we really are in the final stages oh, of good. this book. And uh, I'm getting a test print delivered to the house tomorrow. Oh, How about that? So I, like I will it. have in my hands a test print I like to that. look and make sure like that the size is okay. Yeah, like the galleys or and something that you they call can, it in the biz. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. The blue lines? I don't know what and, they call it. And then we have to get our ISBN number, which I don't know what you have to do. You have to submit a affidavit to the to the uh, to the surgeon general. I bet you can click one or two things and, and uh, some money is involved. Right. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Well, um, surely some then, money's involved. And then but, a random number generator will appear yeah. on the screen, and wheels will spin around, and boom, you're done. Right. Uh, but I, I'm getting a test print in my hot little hands tomorrow for me to look at and make sure everything looks okay, and then at that point, any final changes to be made, and then it goes to print. So really, we are in the final stages here. I promise well, this, book, this book will be... Will be done sooner or later. Just in time for the holidays. Probably sooner. Yeah, I was aiming for the holidays last year. <laughs> I know, but we might just make it for the holidays this year. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye.